Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. And today is Sunday, 19 July 2020. I got a couple of things to read before we get into the update itself. A couple, a uh, few minutes ago before we uh, got started here in church, I posted something to Facebook and I thought I'd read it to you. The left has done their best to set up a one-way dilemma for their constituents. They have spent three years lying about President Trump, falsifying charges against him, and maligning him at every turn. Those who vote Democrat are thus led to believe that it would be intolerable to vote for him, a betrayal of the party and an impossible avenue to take. You remember many of them went over the aisle back in when Reagan was running for his second term, and there was a great uh, swing to Reagan, uh, just magnanimous swing to Reagan. Uh, now they have set it up where it would be a betrayal for them to vote for Trump in any way, shape, or form. At the same time, those in power on the left have taken the hard turn to the extreme violent Marxist beliefs that they actually hold to and that they want to impose upon this nation, something I brought up a few weeks ago in a Prophecy Update. This has been their agenda for many long years, and the time has come for them to openly profess it, which they're doing openly now all over America because of what they have done to President Trump. Hence, the moderate Democrats who have held to traditional moderate left values have the unenviable choice of rejecting their party and turning to who they now believe is an enemy of their principles, meaning Donald Trump, or for placing their votes for a truly wicked, violent, criminal, and communist agenda. How will they respond in 2020? It is these people who are caught between two vastly different and to many of them equally impossible choices. Will they vote at all? Will they sell their souls to the enemy of democracy and vote Democrat? Or will they turn to the right and return the nation to reason? Only time will tell. Those who daily watch the MSM have been fed and have digested so much misinformation that it will be a hard choice for them to make. But they will be faced with this choice in only 107 days. The nation truly hangs in the balance as we await the outcome. So there you go with that. One other thing to read you. I saw it on the Epic Times yesterday. I know that you will be interested in this. Programming alert. How the specter of communism is ruling our world. Episode 1 premieres. NTD has produced a series of documentary films adapted from the book of How the Specter of Communism is Ruling Our World by the editorial team of nine commentaries on the Communist Party. The whole series will be released in the next three weeks with the first episode to premiere on July 20th. That's tomorrow. I can't watch it. I'll be sermon typing. The collapse of the communist regimes in the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe marked the end of a half-century-long Cold War between the capitalist and communist camps in the West and the East. At the time, many were optimistic, believing that communism had become a past relic. The sad truth, however, is that a transmorgified communist ideology had taken hold instead and entrenched itself around the world in China, North Korea, Cuba, and Vietnam. 
there are outright communist regimes. In Eastern European countries, communist ideology and customs still exert a significant influence. And in African and South American countries, socialism is practiced under the banner of democracy and republicanism. Then there are the nations of Europe and North America, which have become host to communist influences without people even realizing it. We've been reporting on that here for the past several years. Communism breeds war, famine, slaughter, and tyranny. These in themselves are terrifying enough, but the damage dealt by communism goes far beyond this. It has become increasingly clear to many that unlike any other system in history, communism declares war on humanity itself, including human values and human dignity. After establishing massive dictatorships in the Soviet Union and China, Communism caused more than 100 million unnatural deaths, enslaved billions, and brought the world to the brink of nuclear war and destruction in just under a century. Moreover, communism's deliberate and widespread destruction of the family, its fomenting of social disorder, and its attack on morality are all ruinous to the foundations of civilization. What is the nature of communism? What is its objective? Why does it take mankind as its enemy? How can we escape it? Premiering on YouTube channels and websites on 20 July at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Premiering on Facebook pages on 20 July at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The reason why I read you that is because they are going to have these live, and after they are live, my guess is they're going to be banned because they are going to show what communism does in this world, and I know what they're leading to. They are going to show how it links directly into the left of this nation. I'm only guessing that, but I can say that this is at a time in our history where it's necessary to understand what's going on. I would recommend if you can see it, do so, and if you can capture it, I would capture it because it will probably be scrubbed at some point. There's my uh, play on that. All right, uh, we'll get into our first category today on the Prophecy Update. But before I do, I'd like to welcome Monica and Jeff Gudoy. Is that right? Monica and Jeff Gudoy from Homestead. They come all the way from down in Homestead, but they did not come up here from Homestead. They came from the Noah's Ark exhibit, which is in North Carolina. And they're stopping here. What's that? Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. I'm sorry, in Kentucky. And they're, my friend that I told you about is from North Carolina. She went to Kentucky. That's why I did that. Anyway, uh, they came from there, and they've driven down the west coast of Florida to have uh, a service with us today on their way home to Homestead. So we really appreciate that effort, and welcome to you both. And then we have um, Terry Pop in South Africa, started with the updates and then went to the sermon, something I recommend everybody to do. Very few people take me up on this, but he has finished all of the Genesis sermons, and it's a big achievement. There's a lot of them. I want to congratulate him on that. And he said they are in lockdown now in South Africa for over 110 days. And now they've been extended for 30 days, and he is asking for prayers for their nation. So we'll make sure that we add them into our prayers as well. And then, one other thing. Joseph is moving from Texas. This is for people here in Florida. He needs somebody that would rent a place while they wait for the official loan approval and closing on a new home in Ocala. So if you watch from the Ocala area, it can be anywhere within about an hour of Ocala. The place doesn't have to be specifically in Ocala, but... Uh, they would like to have somebody help them if they can to find a place for them to rent. It would be himself, his wife. He's an Air Force veteran, and he has a 28-year-old daughter and a uh, 
a cat. So there you go with that. So if you know something, please let me know and I can transmit to them. And then I'm a dog person, obviously you can tell that. And then one more announcement, happy birthday to Nathaniel. He is in Iligan City in the Philippines and he is seven years old and he watches the Prophecy Update. So happy birthday to him. All right, our first category as always is Israel. I'd like to uh, recognize somebody. I've been reading their stuff for years and years and years. It is the wonderful website for finding articles on prophecy. If you have never been there, I would recommend you go. Most people know about Rapture Ready and other ones, but this uh, is a very, very good one, trackingbibleprophecy.org. If you like to read instead of watch prophecy updates, you would go to that site and there are every day probably a hundred or more articles that are linked and all you do is click on one that's interesting and it'll take you there. So the way you do that is go to trackingbibleprophecy.org and then click on tracking the birth pangs and it will take you to the daily articles. Today is the very first day in as long as I can remember that they did not post articles. I don't know if the people are sick or what the deal is, but it's a good site if you want to add that to your daily reading schedule. From JNS, Greek Parliament ratifies defense agreement with Israel. The Greek Parliament ratified an agreement with Israel for the supply of defense equipment and services between the two countries in a move widely seen as further strengthening ties between the two Eastern Mediterranean allies. Greek Defense Minister Panagiotopoulos said at the time that the two countries' strategic relationship was a major priority for Greece due to the common challenges, but also the common interests that unite the two countries. We believe that cooperation with Israel strengthens a pillar of stability in the eastern Mediterranean. The ratification comes just weeks after Greek minister Mitsotakis led a high-level delegation of ministers to Israel where they met with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu and other Israeli leaders. At that meeting, Netanyahu said regarding ties between the two nations, there is a widespread defense cooperation both in training now, in defense projects, and various possibilities that we believe we can cooperate in to ensure the stability that security is in our region. The main area of growing cooperation between Israel and Greece and the central focus of the G2G meeting held in Jerusalem was the East Med Pipeline Project that aims to connect the gas fields of Israel and Cyprus all the way through Greece and then to Europe. Once completed, it will be the longest underwater pipeline in the world. And I know they're doing this because Turkey is uh, being a problem with them. They're trying to uh, claim that the Mediterranean from Turkey all the way down to Libya is theirs, and it will stop this pipeline if they do that. And so Greece and Israel are working together. You can see that Greece is probably going to be a sheep nation when the nations are judged after the tribulation period. Turkey, we know, will be destroyed in Gog Magog. From Wynet. Israel's Air Force unveils new Special Forces Squadron. The IAF unveiled a special squadron which contains all the Special Forces of the Aerial Warfare Branch, consolidating them under one command. The 7th Aerial Special Forces Wing was established to meet operational needs and respond to changing and growing threats in the various arenas, according to an Army press release. The move aims to increase the operational effectiveness of the units. The wing will function as a complementary and unique component two IAF activities through special depth routine and emergency operations. The IAF routinely carries out military operations in the Gaza Strip, 
typically targeting terror installations of the ruling terrorist group Hamas, as well as airstrikes against Iranian targets in Syria, as part of the effort by Israel to ensure Tehran does not expand its military presence in the war-torn country. The new wing will contain the Air Force's Elite Search and Rescue Unit 669, the Shell Dog Commando Unit, the Frontal Landing Unit, which builds ad hoc landing strips behind enemy lines, the dedicated intelligence unit for the wing, and a special forces school. The unit will be under the command of an officer who can only be identified by his rank and first initial of his name. He is called Colonel Ayin. So there you go with that. Interesting. From Israel Hayom, building the Bible's visual genome, an image at a time. I thought this was really interesting. In an attempt to build a worldwide community of Bible lovers and connect them to Israel's past and present, a group of volunteers from the Daily Bible Image Project have thought up an initiative to build the Bible's visual genome by uploading images that go along with Bible verses. The team has reviewed the 24 books of the Hebrew Bible. Okay, First, this is a Jewish uh, thing that's going on. They don't hold to the New Testament, but it's still, you'll get a lot of great stuff out of it. The Hebrew Bible has 24 books, not 27, and that's because some of their books are combined, like 1 and 2 Kings are just Kings, and uh, 1 and 2 Chronicles are just Chronicles, etc. So that's why the numbers vary, but it is the same Old Testament that they have as their Hebrew Bible. Okay, so the 24 books of the Hebrew Bible to find verses that can be visually represented. Verses were divided into four groups, places, customs, objects, and events. Work is currently underway to locate over 1,100 places mentioned by name and have them photographed professionally. Content collected for every biblical theme for the selected verses is being digitally packaged into a visual Bible capsule that consists of a Bible verse and biblical description of its place, along with images of the subject and some brief contemporary context. According to David Selah, who chairs the Council for Promotion of Israel's Heritage Values, the group estimates it will take them five to six more years of work to complete the Visual Genome Project. And I would suggest that if they want, they should go to Sergio and Rhoda, who do weekly uh, videos of Israel, and check with them, because they have gone to many, many sites, and they've got marvelous photos. And just so you know, they've come out with a new video today. It's about Cana of Galilee. They did one on Cana before. This is uh, an expansion of that, which is astonishing. So if you want to see that, make sure you click on that video, Sergio and Rhoda in Israel, and watch that video. You will enjoy it. All right, Christian news today. I have, uh, you know, a suspicion that Nantes Cathedral in France was set on fire by a Muslim, but that's just me. You know, the uh, Notre Dame last year or two years ago was set on fire, and they never have acknowledged who did it, even though there's cameras all over the place. And nobody has really mentioned anything about who might have done this. Uh, if you haven't heard, Nantes Cathedral was set on fire. It did not burn down, but we have these things going on, and they're always hush-hush over in France. So there you go with that. From the Epic Times, five dead, 40 arrested after attack at South African mega church say the police. Okay, I'd like to recommend that if you attend a church, you don't attend one that has this type of policy, okay? An armed group stormed the International Pentecostal Holiness Church, and I can't pronounce it, in Johannesburg. The police chief said that they were trying to take over the premises. Officials say they may have been motivated by a feud between conflicted parties of the church. In 2018, there were reports of a shootout between two parties outside the church's headquarters. There were church members 
fighting each other, okay? Well, now they're using guns to fight each other and don't join that type of church. That's what I'm trying to tell you. A power struggle over the church's leadership started after its former leader died in 2016. We've arrested all those we reasonably believe are suspects. They have been taking sick in for questioning. Officials added that five rifles, 16 shotguns, and 13 pistols were confiscated by police. So these people were out to take over a church in the wrong way, folks. There you go with that. CBN, 650 cases out of 3 million. The New York Times falsely accuses churches as a major source of COVID-19. After finding 40 churches connected to around 650 cases of the coronavirus, Yes, can we help you, ma'am? Oh, that's my mother. She's showing up late again. All right. The uh, New York Times is calling Sunday worship services a major source of COVID-19 cases. The virus has infiltrated Sunday sermons, meetings of ministers, and Christian youth camps in Colorado and Missouri, reads the Times piece. It has struck churches that reopen cautiously with face masks and social distancing in the pews, as well as some that defied lockdowns and refused to heed new limits on numbers of worshipers. Ed Stetzer, a church planner and a professor at Wheaton College, pointed out that there are 3 million confirmed COVID-19 cases in the United States and criticized the Times piece as odd for using 650 of those cases to suggest churches are a major source of viral spread. Writer and Baptist preacher Alan Cross similarly rebuked the Times for its article saying the reporting is inaccurate and makes no sense. One pastor who spoke with the Times told the newspaper the press has spent a disproportionate amount of time focusing on churches while businesses that have served to spread the coronavirus have not received anywhere near the same kind of scrutiny from the media. There you go with that. Now, rioters yeah rioters well they they don't count they don't spread coronavirus so they don't count well we've got uh, two people that uh, are from jack hibbs church out in california and he is not closing down and they have put up some things in that church so if you want to self-isolate yourself you can go sit over in that part of the church or out in the parking lot and they've got designated places for you or you can come into the sanctuary and you can meet there and they were there, what, three weeks ago, you said? And nobody was wearing a mask. Two people, he said, he saw in the entire church of two or 3,000 people wearing a mask. So hats off to people that are willing to stand up for their First Amendment and the first sentence of the First Amendment rights. Anyway, from the AP, Catholic Church lobbied taxpayers for funds, and they got $1.4 billion what? dollars. The Catholic Church, the coronavirus funds. Now, this is a church that was almost belly up. They were they were almost completely belly up. Many of them were bankrupt and they didn't know if they would be able to continue. And now they've got another $1.4 billion to continue their perversion. And there you go. That's your tax dollars at work. From the Christian Post, 90% fewer Christians who are facing persecution are being resettled to the United States since 2015. Okay, that's what the headline says. This is the Christian Post, and this is what the major news medias are saying. I'll defend this in just a minute that it's not true. I'll read it again. 90% fewer Christians who are facing persecution being resettled to the United States since 2015. 
There's been a nearly 90% reduction in the number of Christian refugees being resettled to the U.S. from countries where churches face the greatest persecution since 2015, according to two leading evangelical humanitarian organizations, the Lutherans and the Catholics. Open Doors USA, a watchdog group that monitors the persecution of Christians in over 60 countries, teamed up with the refugee resettlement agency World Relief, the humanitarian arm of the NAE, to release a new report. The 16-page report, titled Closed Doors, is critical of policies that have drastically reduced refugee resettlement to the United States in recent years, and others that have made it increasingly difficult for persecuted individuals and families to seek asylum. There have been many recent changes regarding refugee resettlement and asylum law that has effectively shut down the door on many of the refugees from being able to access protection in the United States of America. World Relief Vice President of Advocacy and Policy Jenny Yang told reporters, as organizations that are working to help those that are fleeing religious persecution, especially Christians, which is a lie, we feel like it is of the utmost importance that the U.S. keeps its doors open. I've reported on this. They get money from the federal government for every refugee that they bring into this. This is how they're staying alive because they can't stay alive on doctrine. Those churches are all folding. And so what have they done? They have got the U.S. government funding them to bring in refugees and to support them for a certain amount of time. And then they release them out into the general public. From the Christian headlines, evangelical Catholic leaders say Trump has left persecuted Christians in danger. From Pew Fact Tank. This is from a chart. U.S. trailed the rest of the world in refugee resettlement in 2017 and 2018 after leading it for decades. The rest of the world. Up until then, the United States took in more refugees than the entire world combined. And our president says we're not going to do that anymore. We've got a world that can take in the world's refugees. He says, we are going to limit the number of refugees. So I'll read that again so you get that through your very thick skulls. U.S. trailed the rest of the world in refugee resettlement in 2017 and 2018 after leading it for decades. The entire world. I didn't mean you had thick skulls. I was just saying that. Okay. Another one from Pew Fact Tank. October 7th, 2019, which is what? Just half a year ago. Okay. The U.S. has admitted far more Christian refugees than Muslim refugees in recent years. Christians accounted for 79% of refugees who came to the United States in fiscal year 2019, when they were a very small percentage under our previous president. The U.S. admitted about 23,800 Christians compared with about 4,900 Muslims and smaller numbers of other religious groups. From Mail Online, Alaska Airlines flight makes an emergency landing in Seattle after passenger threatens to kill everybody on the plane unless you accept that Jesus is a black man. <laughs> yes, BLM has gone crazy. All right, from Islam today, Jerusalem Post. Turkey vows to liberate Al-Aqsa after turning Hagia Sophia into a mosque. You probably heard about Hagia Sophia. If you didn't, they have taken what was once a church, then became a mosque, and then they made it a museum. Erdogan has now turned it into a mosque again. Now he is targeting Al-Aqsa, which is the Temple Mount. 
It follows an increasingly religious authoritarian agenda from Ankara that has made Turkey the world's largest jailer of journalists, seen dissidents imprisoned for terrorism and witnessed increasing military invasions of neighboring countries by Turkey, the Turkish presidency website says. The resurrection of Hagia Sophia is the footsteps of the will of Muslims across the world to come. The resurrection of the Hagia Sophia is the reignition of the fire of hope of Muslims and all oppressed, wrong, downtrodden, and exploited. The speech, which was in Turkish, was translated slightly differently to Arabic and English. Apparently, as a way to hide part of Ankara's full views on how it has linked Hagia Sophia to a wider agenda. In Arabic, the speech says that turning Hagia Sophia into a mosque is part of the return of freedom to Al-Aqsa, especially meaning Israel should be ejected from controlling Jerusalem's old city where Al-Aqsa is located. Turkey's president linked the decision to reviving Islam from Bukhara in Uzbekistan to Andalusia in Spain. This terminology linking Al-Aqsa and Jerusalem to Hagia Sophia and Spain is a kind of coded terminology for a wider religious agenda. In the Turkish translation, the same reference to Spain does not appear to be included in the Arabic. So they're trying to hide what they're doing, even though they're openly doing it. From Arts Shiva, report, Iran and China agreed to trade and military partnership. This is huge, folks. Iran and China have quietly drafted a sweeping economic and security partnership that would clear the way for billions of dollars of Chinese investments in energy and other sectors. The partnership would vastly expand Chinese presence in banking, telecommunications, ports, railways, and dozens of other projects. In exchange, China would receive a regular and, according to an Iranian official and an oil trader, heavily discounted supply of Iranian oil over the next 25 years. The document also describes deepening military cooperation, potentially giving China a foothold in a region that has been a strategic preoccupation of the United States for decades. It calls for joint training and exercises, joint research and weapons development, and intelligence sharing all to fight the lopsided battle with terrorism, drug and human trafficking, and cross-border crimes. So they're saying that this is what we're, our intent is when that is not at all what their intent is. The move undercuts the Trump admin's efforts to isolate the Iranian government because of its nuclear and military ambitions. So is the world in which we live. Hayom. Iran vows firm response to alleged Israeli sabotage of nuclear site. Iranian Foreign Minister spokesman Mousavi warned that any country that is deemed responsible for the explosion at the Natanz Nuclear Enrichment Center last week should expect a strong Iranian retaliation. According to the New York Times, the string of explosions in Iran in recent weeks is a part of an evolving Israeli-American strategy of short of war clandestine strikes aimed at taking out the most prominent generals of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and setting back Iran's nuclear facilities. After summarizing a full report, will be presented in this regard, and then we will be taking the necessary actions in accordance with the findings that will be made under the investigation, Musavi warned. And without mentioning the Jewish state or the United States, if a regime or a government is involved in the Natanz incident, Iran will react decisively, Musavi stressed. Well, we'll see if that happens, but there you go with that. From Mail Online, 
massive blaze rips through Iranian port near nuclear power station as seven ships burn after a series of mysterious explosions around the country. That happened just a day ago, so more explosions and Iran is still wondering who's behind it. Okay, from Mongolia today. Before I give you our Mongolian news, I'm sure you've noticed that I have dressed down a little bit. Normally, I try to dress up and look nice on Sunday and wear a long sleeve shirt. Instead, I'm wearing a shirt that was designed by Charlie Missy. She's from GratefulSaints.org. Wonderful person. This one says, Eternal Life Matters. This is a way of jabbing at what's going on in the world today. Um, having said that, I have right here, she sent me three of these. I have right here, a white, so you'd be racist if you wear it, okay? It is a white Eternal Life Matters shirt, okay? She sent this along with two others, and this is one of them that I picked. And uh, Tom Alley, who does mission work with us, he got the other one. But this is an Eternal Life Matters shirt. If you can answer the following question, I will give this to you, okay? This is for somebody in the church right now. All right. Where is Mongolia mentioned in scripture. And there are two possible answers for this. Where is Mongolia mentioned in scripture? Revelation. Revelation. Anybody else? Mongolia mentioned in scripture. Somebody tell me something. I got a shirt I've got to give away. What? Hebrews. Hebrews. It's not in the book of Hebrews. There's two possible answers for this. Footnotes. Okay, you can check your footnotes. That's true. Somebody really quickly say it is not mentioned in scripture. Who said that? Doctor, you get this. Okay. Now, I just needed somebody to say it. The other possible answer, because it is implied there, I'm going to take you to Matthew 28. And one more page in Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is implicitly in the Bible, all nations. I hope everybody here and everybody online is taking their money and helping missionaries around the world. If you don't have somebody that you are helping, I can give you lots of names. Okay, we've got people from this church that are in Papua New Guinea. We've got one in Thailand. We've got, um, uh, we've got one that trains aviation pilots all around the world that's out in Spokane, Washington. We've got a couple of satellite churches in Uganda and in Kenya. Actually, Uganda is not a satellite church, but he's an indigenous missionary. If you need help finding somebody to help fund, please let me know. All right? That's our job, and somebody got a free shirt out of it. So there you go with that. Thank you, Charlie Missy. Please go to GratefulSaints.com. And uh, if you can't find it, email me, and I'll give you that, and you can order these. Help her out. She's a wonderful lady. She does not make a lot of money, and we're always trying to uh, find avenues of helping her in her wonderful ministry. Okay, from The Diplomat. Mongolia's virtual Na'adam. Every year, we report on the Na'adam festival that they have in Mongolia. In mid-July each year, up to 1,000 racing horses decked out in their traditional finery, exactly 512 wrestlers dressed in the style of their ancestors from nearly a millennium ago and archers organized in teams of 10 wearing their national costume all converge on Mongolia's capital to celebrate the Na'adam, the traditional festival of the three sports. Much of the country's population will turn out in their finest Mongolian dress, many participating in performances of Mongolian throat singing or competing in a game of ankle bone shooting. 
This year, however, for the first time in history, the competitions will be held without a live audience. With only just over 200 cases of coronavirus in the entire country, all imported, every one of them imported, and zero deaths, Mongolia has had tremendous success in their containment efforts, which the government has decided to extend to the Na'adam Festival. The second largest festival and sports competition of the year is the Mongolian New Year, Ga'an Sar. It was completely canceled back in February for the first time in centuries. So there you go. Daniel 12 Technology today from News RU, which is from Russian. So if there's any errors in the translation, I apologize. U.S. researchers explode cancer cells from the inside. Scientists at Stanford University have developed a fundamentally new way to fight cancer, offering to explode cancerous tumors from the inside. Microscopic gas-filled bubbles detonate under the influence of ultrasound right inside the cancer cells. The description of the new non-invasive one that is without surgical intervention, the cancer control technology developed by a team of biomedical engineering specialists from Stanford University was published in the scientific journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. In experiments on mice, Researchers injected microbubbles directly into malignant tumors. Low-frequency ultrasound causes the bubbles to explode, like homing warheads destroying up to 80% of tumor cells. The network publication Health explains the essence of the method. To cope with the remaining 20% of the cancer cells and thereby prevent new tumor growth, the scientists use the method of immunotherapy. After the explosion, holes, meaning pores, remain in the membranes of the surviving cells, through which the genetic material contained in the microbubbles penetrates into them. This gene works like a Trojan horse, causing cancer cells to produce a specific substance that triggers an immune response. The immune system attacks the tumor cells and destroys them completely. That is a marvelous idea somebody had there. Really great. I hope that that pans out and it, the human uh, uh, trials will turn out to be positive. Revelation plagues. Mail online. Florida has more coronavirus infections than all but eight countries in the world as the state reports 12,000 new cases and 35 deaths in a day amid slow rise in fatality. The state now has more cases of the virus than all but eight countries. More than 278,000 people in Florida now have coronavirus and 428 have died. So I checked, that's 0.15%. That's what the flu does. Maybe even a little bit less. Okay, now, I know a lot of you have heard this, but some people may not have heard it, and so I want to read the next couple articles to you. From Fox News, Florida Department of Health says some labs have not reported negative COVID-19 results. After Fox 35 News noticed errors in the state's report on positivity rates, the Florida DOH said that some laboratories have not been reporting negative test results and the data to the state. Countless labs have reported a 100% positivity rate, which means every single person tested was positive. Other labs have had very high positivity rates. Fox 35 News found that testing sites, like one in local central care, reported that 83 people were tested and all tested positive. Then, NCF Diagnostics in Alachua reported 88% of tests were positive. How could that be? 
Fox 35 News investigated these astronomical numbers, contacting every local location mentioned in the report. The report showed that Orlando Health had 98% positivity rate. However, when Fox 35 News contacted the hospital, they confirmed errors. These are just slight errors in the report. Orlando's health positivity rate is only 9%, not 98%. The report also showed that the Orlando Veterans Medical Center had a positivity rate of 7%. A spokesperson for the VA told Fox 35 News on Tuesday that this does not reflect their numbers and that the positivity rate for the center is actually 6%. I'm sorry, they said 97 here at 6%. Fox 35 News went on to speak with the Florida DOH. They confirmed that although private and public laboratories are required to report positive and negative results to the state immediately, some have not. This is a liberal agenda being pushed by liberals to destroy the integrity of our president right before an election. Every one of these people should be imprisoned very quickly. From Fox 35, again, questions raised after fatal motorcycle crash listed as COVID-19 death. Yes, zero hedge. The WHO will not investigate Wuhan lab where coronavirus was kept. So they're going to China to investigate the coronavirus and they are not going to investigate the lab where the coronavirus was kept. The World Health Organization announced that it will not be visiting the Wuhan Institute of Virology during its investigation into the origins of the coronavirus, despite the fact that the lab held samples of coronavirus that were almost exactly the same as that which caused a global pandemic. You wonder why President Trump pulled us out of the World Health Organization. From Morality Today, Mail Online, transgender model Valentina Sampaio makes history by posing for Sports Illustrated swimsuit shoot, becoming the first ever trans woman to feature in the iconic magazine. So there aren't enough beautiful women in the world anymore, and you've got to have some guy stand up there and pose. From Cauldron Pool, a gesture of hate. Police investigate after driver defaces LGBTQ pride crossing with a tire mark. So there's a cross, you know, yeah, you have pride cross and somebody spun their wheels and now they're being investigated for a hate crime. West Vancouver police appealed for public assistance to help help identify a driver accused of defacing a recently installed LGBTQ pride crossing with a tire mark. The police department took to social media asking for public assistance in identifying the driver who was captured on CCTV. This is very upsetting. For whatever reason, this person has chosen to leave a gesture of hate on a crosswalk that stands for exactly the opposite. Bizarro world. Okay, our other category. I have one more announcement on people that I know I would like to wish a happy anniversary to Bruce and Jackie, who are having their grandchild today as well. From American Military News, New York Police Department sees 411% increase in officers retiring in a single week. The New York Police, we got a retired New York Police Department uh, officer right here with us. The New York Police Department has had 503 officers file for retirement since May 25th. Filing surged between June 29th and July 6th as 179 uniformed officers filed for retirement. 
a 411% increase from the same period last year when just 35 uniformed officers filed. What part of New York did you do, the Bronx? Manhattan. Okay. There have been 306 retirements, 40 resignations, and 503 have filed for retirement. 2019 numbers for comparison. 254 retirements, 49 resignations, and 287 filed for retirement. New York City cut $1 billion from its police budget amid calls for abolishing and defunding the police nationwide. So what do you expect they're going to do? Next article from YouTube. De Blasio. We need the good work of the men and women of the New York Police Department, but defunding is the right direction. From Breitbart, New York City weekend. This is last weekend. Shooting victims far exceed coronavirus deaths. From Zero Hedge, professors demand university police chief resign after seeing Blue Lives Matter flag at his home. So he believes that he should be treated with care and respect and not shot, and now they forced him to resign. Mail Online, Bronx man, 25, charged with punching New York Police Department chief on Brooklyn Bridge, is released from jail without bail. Zero Hedge, Ford employees ask company to stop building police vehicles. What? Yes, a cadre of Ford employees have banded together to ask the automaker to stop building and selling police vehicles for the first time in 70 years. From the Epic Times, Ford to continue making police cars amid pressure campaigns, says the CEO. Good job, Ford. Fox, National Association of Police Organizations. You wonder about all of these things? All of these things against the police, they endorse Trump after backing Biden as vice president in 08 and 12. Okay? You wonder why they're making that decision when the left is just tearing them apart and destroying those people who are out there putting their lives on the line every single day. They what? Biden won't speak to him. That's right. He won't even speak to him. All right. From Mail Online Hollywood's identity crisis. Actors, writers, and producers warn of reverse racism in the film industry, which has created a toxic climate for anyone who is white, middle-aged, and a man. I don't really care about that. They've got themselves into that. They've been pushing the left agenda for years, and now it's coming back on them. Doesn't bother me a bit. From Zero Hedge, it takes three weeks, three weeks to escape from Illinois now. So many people are leaving. Listen to this. That's how long it takes to reserve a one-way U-Haul outbound. Everyone is leaving. No one is coming. A U-Haul agent told us a few weeks ago. On January 2nd, 2020, I announced Illinoisians leave state in record numbers, and so are we. I am pleased to report we loaded our U-Haul rental yesterday, and I am on the road driving to our new home in Utah. Right now, we are just a few hours into the trip, but we have crossed the state line and are now in Iowa. We were paying about $15,000 a year in property taxes on a house that's worth $380,000 or so. We have a beautiful one-acre lot surrounded by 30 white or and burr oak trees, 100 to 200 years old, but property values are sinking. We will sell the house for a lot less than we paid for it 20 years ago. People are leaving. And, you know, the sad thing is a lot of them are going to go somewhere else and they're going to vote Democrat. We'll hope that doesn't happen, but that's... Mail Online. 
getting married before the age of 21 increases the risk. I got married before I was 21. I was 19 when I married that beautiful woman right there. I said this before. I, I told mom that when I was uh, when I was a kid, I told her when I'm 18, I'm going to get married. And she said, if you do, I'm going to disown you. And so I waited a year. Okay. Getting married before the age of 21 increases the risk of developing a drinking problem, study shows. And I know that's true because we watched, what was the name of that movie? Airplane a couple days ago when my son came over for dinner and I have the same drinking problem that he has. I can't get it in my mouth. So, okay. From Weasel Zippers, NBA bans the phrase free Hong Kong from custom jersey maker but it allows kill cops. That's the NBA. I would never watch another basketball game again if I watched basketball. From uh, the South China Morning Post, UK officially bans China-owned Huawei from participating in their 5G rollout. That was coming. That is because of our president, and it has happened. Good job, President Trump. All right, from Mail Online, China threatens retaliation against America after branding Trump's move to end Hong Kong's special status with the U.S. a gross interference in its domestic affairs. How can that be? We've given somebody special status and now they don't deserve it anymore. We take it away and we're messing in their internal affairs? Wow, epic times. U.S. home construction jumps 17.3% in June, surprisingly. Good job. Zero Hedge, cat that's been dead for 12 years gets a voter registration application in the mail. Yes, one family in Atlanta just received a voter registration application for their cat, but that's not all. The cat named Cody has been dead for over 12 years. My wife is laughing. Owner Carol Timms told Fox News there's a huge push to get people to vote, but if they're trying to register cats, I'm not sure who else they're trying to register. I'm not sure if they're trying to register dogs, mice, snakes. The family found the form addressed to their cat, who they say is a Democrat, in the mailbox midweek last week. Imagine that. Mail online. Real Cove Idiots. Does anybody want to know who a Cove Idiot is? Look around. Everybody look around at somebody else. Look around. Are you looking now at somebody else? You are looking at a Cove Idiot. I'm looking at a church full of Cove Idiots. Yes. Real Cove Idiots. People who refuse to wear a mask or comply with social distancing have lower cognitive ability. New study shows. Study looked at why some didn't follow policies amid the coronavirus pandemic. The team surveyed Americans in March when the outbreak began. They found that it depends on the capacity of your working memory. Those with a low capacity are unable to make effortful decisions. This memory also determines your intelligence and decision making. I just, I don't even know what to think about that. I can't decide. I just, <laughs> all right, enough of that. I got a less work here for you. We'll see if you can figure out which one he's talking about. It takes fewer brains not to try it. Wearing masks, they stand to belie it. Of COVID, they're prone because their brain's made of stone. Just look at the people who riot. Good job. Okay, I got a couple of ironies for you and we'll be done. Mail online. Tennessee lawyers reprimanded for showing up to court while drunk to represent a client charged with a DUI. Yes. 
And then from Weasel Zippers, as violence skyrockets in New York City, de Blasio brags he has made this city safer and safer. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.